Welcome to Cardboard in the Classroom. This is a podcast about using board games in the classroom to bridge a student's understanding and engagement with the purpose to richen their learning experience. This episode of Cardboard in the Classroom is brought to you by the fantastic people at Gamesurplus.com. Hey there, I'm your host Norm. And I'm Ryan. And this is episode three, where we're going to discuss Takedo and... Letters from Whitechapel. Bridge City board gamers would like to identify the good, the bored, and the ugly as our cardboard cohorts. In this growing community, it's important to create relationships that help you learn, grow, and support one another. You can find their podcast on iTunes and on YouTube where they create excellent content every week. Welcome back to Cardboard in the Classroom. Let's get started. Letters from Whitechapel and Takedo. Would You want me to start first? Sure. Okay, I'll start first. So, Takedo. Let's get the, uh, let's use the format and uh, as mentioned before, um, format is classroom context, then analog application and instructional design. So, classroom context. This was uh, grade 11 sociology. The uh, unit was culture, and the lesson was the variety and diverse elements that create a culture or a cultural identity. So, um, that is the context of what we're working for. and. Uh, the next one, the analog application. Well, I mean, easily when I when once I say that, I'm gonna look at Ryan and say Takedo, and t- I think because you've played it a lot, mm-hmm. that uh, Takedo to me um, represents that whole y- you know cultural elements in Japanese culture. At least the the interpretation that um, Antoine Bauza, who is the designer of Takedo. And I think it was uh, published by Funforge, but um, I think Bauza um, did a uh, really good um, yeah, I think representation. That's, yeah, I think that's the whole theme of the game is that he wants to, uh, you're trying to have the most enriching, enriching experience along the Takedo Road. And so you're going to stop and you do these, um, and encounter these traditional Japanese things, collect items or visit locations or... Something like that. Yeah, yeah. like there, it's your it's your uh, experiential vacations uh, on the path to Takedo. And uh, right away when I played that, I thought of this class. And then once I got into the curriculum and looked at all the elements, th- it just meshed perfectly. So, um, yeah, Takedo, Bauza um, from uh, um, Seven Wonders fame. Mm-hmm. Um, I could so many other games. Oh yes, yeah, so we could go down the list, but then that would take <laughs> up way too much time. Um, the next one is like the correlation of the content. We just we just kind of connected on that that the elements in the the curriculum to me um, in Takedo they've got they've got individuals they've unique individuals they have food they have um, the the culture of scenic painting um i like the the resting the idea of actually having to rest and recharge yourself is that whole yep the the end of the day and you have to have a you have to stop at the hotel and have a meal and a good meal yeah and that's some like truck stop 7-eleven thing 
That'd be interesting to, yeah, no, I'm not going to go off on a tangent because that's my, that's my gift. Um, measurements of success, like what are the goals and objectives of the games um, used to relate to the class? That's exactly it. Every element of um, uh, exploration of a culture, language, um, um, arts, uh, pastimes, um, all of those elements I could find, I could see in Takedo and I could see how they connected to the class. So that brings me to the instructional design part, which is um, like how we learn the class and how we distribute the play because we could, I mean, both of us know that some games, just the learning time in a game takes a half an hour to 45 minutes. To like a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. Like if if you're doing a, uh, if you're doing like a Sierra Madre, um, Greenland, um, I have that game for three years now, and I'm still learning how to play it. <laughs> so or trying to teach Twilight Imperium to brand new people. <laughs> that's a, uh, I think that's a weekend uh, conference. Um, so for, for us as teachers, being able to get right to it, I think, is, a, is an important strategy. So I've kind of trained my students to um, access BGG, in regards to answering any kind of questions they have on, because um, uh, a lot of them will get, are getting so into this idea of cardboard in the classroom that they they want to go and do their homework ahead of time, which is which is such an interesting behavior. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we I use Remind in my classroom. It's an app that's a website and a and a phone app, and uh, I'll send them uh, video like how to play videos, um, and hopefully they take the four or five minutes to watch that and get themselves up to speed so that in class all we have to do is answer questions and then get to the game. Um, what ideas and concepts am I trying to reinforce with this game? Well, it's the idea that each culture um, has uh, to just explore the depth and dimension of each culture and that's where we learn and we understand and appreciate uh, what these people represent and who they are and get a, a better understanding of that whole uh, aspect of sociology and culture. Yeah, and, um, and Takedo is a really good example of just like a, like kind of the bare bones of a, like of a Jap of the Japanese culture. Yeah, like mean, they they don't go like super in depth into all the lore philosophy and philosophy. No, but if I were to go to Japan and try to do one of these traditional. Um, sightseeings. Yeah, that's probably some of those things I, I probably will see. I think, like, I and I forgot that part of the temple in Takedo where where you that's part of the strategy of the game where you can get some points is is paying homage and and uh, contributions to the temple. And I think every part of that game gives me a broad scope picture. Of what that culture is like you said it's not some deep you know we're not going into you know taoism or something like that we're just you know to pardon the expression mm -hmm. in the game broad strokes and we're trying to paint a uh, you know a nice big picture of what that culture represents so um now how do we uh, how did i like to evaluate the success of this activity i think from this could kind of cross over to how you evaluate in your classroom when you use it the students engagement Mm -hmm. To me, that's the best example. If, if they're dialed in, if they're doing extra work like going to BGG and looking up FAQs and you know strategy, that it's taken care of. That part of the, the activity 
is self-driven and self-motivated. And I think you see the same in your class with that. Oh yeah. I, I always see like, as soon as you bring in something like along these lines, um, the, the engagement, like you can kind of see the students kind of like go from shrugged shoulders to kind of sitting a little bit like upright. Like a bunch of like, meerkats. <laughs> <laughs> Cardboard. Bonus marks. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> um, uh, so th- to me, that's that first instinct. Either, you can either, I mean, with teenagers, we're both high school teachers and with teenagers, body language-wise, you know if they're interested or if they're disinterested. Um, so right away I'm, I'm going to make a call if that's something that they're not into then we'll we'll just you know make the suggestion of like you said the other classroom or we could do questions from the textbook and <laughs> that's another convincing yeah um uh, so how how did I evaluate the students understanding and the connection that I was trying to make with this lesson on activity the what we do as a project after this we'll we'll play the game we'll understand the mechanisms of the game the structure uh, I'll point out the, I call it the skeleton of the game. I'll point out what has to stay there for the game to still be intact and what facades or what kind of themes we can pull off and, and you know, replace. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, like the frame of a car, you can have a standard frame and you can pe- keep putting different body types on and still have a reliable um, vehicle. So the same, I, I would approach that this game in the same aspect that once they learned it, then the project was, okay, go explore another culture, another subculture or another counterculture and take that theme and, and place it on top of this skeleton. Now I've, which, I, is, which is so cool. I would have net how many times I've played Takedo and I don't think I've ever said, what if this had a Roman theme to it? Oh, really? Or, or what if what if this had what if this had like more of a a Greek culture to it and everything? So you told me that idea, and I said you got to do it. Well, and you were right across the hall at the time too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You, give me I your said, feedback. I on said this. I said you had to do this because yeah, because maybe maybe the Japanese culture doesn't reach a lot of audiences, uh, but maybe a lot of, there's a lot of people into like ancient Roman lore, ancient Greek, maybe Norse mythology or Egyptian or, and so, so many different paths that you could take it. I, I almost said like you could, you could spawn your whole line of Takedo, like Takedo spawns. Like the pandemic, right? It's just, it's this, it's this engine, right, it's right. this structure that you can plug and play. Um, one, uh, one student, we we're brainstorming and cause I had countercultures and subcultures and we were brainstorming and they didn't really want to do like a, a, a country's culture. And I said, well, how about the, uh, the punk movement in the seventies? And all of a sudden the eyes just went wide because that idea of, I didn't consider having, using a subculture or counterculture because everybody went right to countries, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That, Cause they're familiar with that. Um, oh, so yeah, you, yeah, the theme of you're a band traveling across America. Yeah, it could totally work. It it uh, as like that's the first thing when I looked at Takeda went. Oh, this is such a cool system, um, and all the so what I did is I created a template of of the um, all of the card sets and all of the um, the 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 side kind of interests on this game and showed the kids that this is just a structure where you can you have uh like now, let's now, say with the now food. i can interchange the parts yeah with the food there's five different foods with five different values so now take this food thing and if i had a class do the um uh, the italian culture 
and I think the road was from like Florence to another mid, uh, Middle Ages town. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, for them, it was like, oh yeah, because there's hardly anything when you think about Italian food, right? <laughs> so they had such a variety to, uh, of ideas and content to go through in there. And then with the with Takato and stopping to paint a picture, well, there's, <laughs> sarcastically saying, Italy doesn't have much to offer when it comes to art, do they? <laughs> Right. So please don't be upset. I am so joking. Right. Uh, J-K-L-O-L. Yeah. Dipped with a lot of sarcasm. Um, so that whole that whole template that I made was um, plug and play. Here is the blank spots where you need to um, draw in your, you know, your your first stage art examples. And it wasn't I didn't want a prototype game. I wanted them to give me um, a. Uh, a papered out or PowerPoint yeah, pitch. A, a re-theme. Yeah, like show show me a sample of the food card set. Show me a sample of the the art part. Show me a sample of uh, when they go to the, the store to buy souvenirs. Show me a sample of all those cards. Uh, don't build it because when we do the final project of this course, that is one of the, uh, one of the project selections is, okay, take this prototype idea and um, make it a physical prototype. So that's basically how I evaluated that whole understanding and connection. Which and is really neat. Oh, the kids just, they basically wanted to do more. They, they wanted to stay in that unit. And I would just smile at them and go, this is great. That's the best compliment. But we have to go to the next unit now. And they had all these sad faces. And I said, I have another interesting project for the next unit. So they have completely abandoned that unit and went, okay, let's go to the next one. So, I mean, as far as levels of success uh, with that class, and I mean, you, you're, you were the outside observer. They, they bought in 100%. They gave me excellent feedback. Um, I liked it that they were going like they wanted to go above and beyond. Like, like let, let's let's redesign the map. Let's redesign oh, the road. Let's, let's have hold, let's have splitting roads. And I was like, what? Is I had to on? hold them back and say, okay, keep it simple, keep it straightforward. You could put bells and whistles on afterwards. And they just basically would nod at me and go, uh huh, we're doing it anyway. <laughs> and I mean, as a teacher, I mean, you you, you want to set comfortable limits, but when your student exceeds those limits, you just Got to smile and go. That's what's learned. That's what exactly what learning's about. Mm-hmm. So I'm as far as Takato goes. Um, I like that idea. Like you said, it's like this this plug and play pandemic engine kind of thing where it, the Takato engine, and you can just put whatever culture, subculture, counterculture, and and have I would say a valid and reliable game system. So. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. You, you had a really good one there. All right. And I mean, I encourage anybody to get a hold of us and on Twitter, um, on, uh, on YouTube uh, comments. Um, give us some feedback because, I mean, like I did I, when I presented this idea, I thought it was OK. And then you just affirming now that it was a really cool idea. I, did, I didn't know that. No, no, I, I, I <laughs> thought it was because I never thought re-theming Takedo would ever be it what could even be a thing your students proved me wrong <laughs> my brain goes that way sometimes all right so um Takedo, sociology culture big hit with the kids and and with me as a teacher and that's a 
that's a project I'm definitely going to keep and come back to all the time. And of course, you know, you redesign and you clean it up and nothing's ever finished in my opinion. So let us move on to the second part. Um, The left brain, right brain of this, uh, of this podcast. (laughs) Let's go to the math. Let's go to the math side of the hallway. Let's take it. Let's take it. Let's take a trip down the, down the quadratic quadratic formula road. (laughs) I'm tuning out already. (laughs) Okay, so the classroom context that I was going for was my grade 12's uh, foundations of math. And what I was trying to get to is that we were into the introductory. Again, I've been using these games as kind of like the introductory into things. And then it's something that we can always come back to. Um, The unit that was all about inductive and deductive reasoning and ways of thinking. Um, So this was the introduction into into the deductive part. And so the analog application that I used was I chose, um, well, back up a little bit. I chose kind of like the Scotland Yard, yeah, um, 1983, Leo Ravensburger smash hit um, of, of, about trying to find a player tr- playing Mr. X and other players trying to find out where he is based off of clues and where he's been. Um, I wanted to use that system because that is an excellent example of using deductive reasoning. If you have uh, a younger audience, I have a little bit of an older audience and I might have found that a little bit of a bore. So yeah. what I chose is I chose to use the, the game Letters from Whitechapel. I love that game. Which, which has got a nice, rich history to it and a nice little lore. I, I introduced them to the, to the story of Jack the Ripper in 1888 London. And that drew their attentions right oh, away. Yeah. They're, they're like, we, they want they wanted to let a history lesson on Jack <laughs> the Ripper that I couldn't deliver. Let's get some background story on this. So I gave them as much as I knew, which was what's provided in the game, really. Well, and a lot of the time they do excellent work when they when they do their you know their due diligence. Right. So then, this uses that exact same kind of Scotland Yard system where I, the teacher, played Jack the Ripper, and. The students, I broke them into five groups, and each group was in control of a particular detective. And what I got them to do is I just sat down. I actually found a um, digital file of the letters from Whitechapel map, and I was able to project it onto the board. Oh, yeah. And so they had a big map that they could, everybody could look at. And then I also set up the actual physical board in the middle of the classroom so that, and with all the player pieces so that they could actually go up and physically manipulate the board and try to maybe do some do some things with that. And I think there's something to be said too about that social component of being around a board looking at everybody oh else's yeah, I put, face. Yeah, I made sure that I, I structured it so that the board is in the middle and all the groups were around it. Yeah. So kind of like in a circle so that they could all still discuss um, the, discuss their plans. Um, what was the correlation to the content? It's deductive reasoning. <laughs> and so... What better way is to be detectives trying to catch a, a serial killer based off of trying to go out, find clues to where he has been, and then trying to trying to figure out, okay, well, he's moved three spots, he's moved four spots. Where could he be from this from from this particular or area? Or detecting process. What's what's the information given? What's the information that we don't have? And what's the information we need? And yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the, the, the measurements of success, what are the goals and objectives of the game? Well, they're just trying to, they're, they're trying to, I put, I put something on the line, too. <laughs> and you, you laughed at this. I said, okay, folks, I'm pretty experienced Jack the Ripper here. Um, if you can catch me by the end of the class period, 
everybody gets a spare. So <laughs> they dialed in. Oh, they so they so they are all just like, let's work together. We got to earn this. Mister O never gives a spare, never in his, in his, in his history or anything like that. So the instructional design. I'm gonna leap into the instructional design. I've kind of already hinted on a, a couple things. I put up the board on on the smart board, and I pretty much gave them the bare bones. We didn't do all the advanced rules of letters from Whitechapel. We didn't play like the cat and mouse that yeah. game that's at the very beginning. I just set up where are my potential victims. They all set up where their detectives were going to be. I chose my victim. And so they knew where I, right from the start where I was, and then they had to try to figure out and find find me, find my hideout. Um, from, well, and that, that simplified part. the learning process so they could right. immediately get into the game and, explain and learn it, by it. Dude. And explain to them that I can only travel from number to number. You can travel from node to node. You, I can only travel one space. You can travel up to two spaces. And you can't go through them. And, and I the, can't go yeah. through them. And I got these. I got these. I could just call them cheats. Yeah which was like the carriage move or the alley jump. Um, and I explained to them that I had a set number of those that I could use. And it's interesting mm-hmm. when you were telling me how, when you tell them they do a carriage move, that all of a sudden in their deductive formula, they're working out this, oh, he can move too, so that theoretically he could be here, here, or here. And yeah, so, so as, we, as we got into it, I kind of showed them, I said, okay, I moved one space and all of a sudden all the kids started looking and they're like well that's it you're right there and i'm like well wait where could where could i be they're like oh there are like actually there's actually from that one spot there's actually five numbers that are attached to that one spot they're like oh so you could be at any one of them you're not necessarily trying to i'm like how do you know which way i'm going yeah like we don't know so i'm like you better get there and try to find your clues and then all of a sudden, the, the, the process, once they picked up on the first clue, once one group picked up on a clue, everybody started like, okay, he was there. That must have been, <laughs> that was move number two. And he's moved two spots since then. So he's in the, this area. And, and like, I'm just like, okay, stop, pause. What are you guys doing? And they're all pretty much like, well, we're use, we have to use the information that's known to us. I'm like, hey. <laughs> There's a that that's an actual word. That's that's actually deductive reasoning. And that's what this whole chapter's about. And they're like, oh, this is cool. Well I, I like how you just kind of okay, pause on that thought. Let me give you the making of your idea. Yeah. Deduction yeah. Oh, I love, that's awesome because I mean you're basically letting them know why they're interested. Right. From a mathematical perspective, yeah. Right. And not not the knocker curriculum. It's, it's it's a really good curriculum, but the the examples that they give us for you teaching deductive reasoning um, are those really simple logic puzzles in our textbook. Like if A leads to B and B leads to C, then A is to C type thing. I'm like word problem. I'm already lost. I'm I'm just like they're, they're, the train the, left the, St. The, Louis. The, the students the students uh figure them out quite right. You need they need a little bit of a little bit of a. a a, a mental challenge. Oh yeah. And so bringing in a game like letters from Whitechapel or Scotland Yard, uh, Scotland Yard is actually a relatively inexpensive game that you could buy multiple copies to get teaches that concept of deductive reasoning very, very well. Um, we've got some facts and now we're going to use those facts to try to figure out what is going on. 
what's going here. So, um, what am I, what am I doing next here? <laughs> How do I evaluate the success? Well, again, this thing, it's the engagement factor. And they were right into it. As soon as they knew, once I put something on the line, like this is a com- this is now a competition between my intellect and a whole group of 20-some grade and, 12s intellects. And class doesn't want to dogpile on, the, uh, on oh. the teacher's pride? Oh, exactly. <laughs> um, so I ev- immediately evaluated their success. I gave them a little bit of an exit slip afterwards. Um, we discussed that definition of deductive reasoning, and I wanted their feedback on... How did this activity relate to that definition of what, what, what deductive reasoning was? And they all came out with the same, with almost the same oh, response. Really? They're like, well, in this game, Jack the Ripper has committed a murder, and we are trying to find him. And so we went out and found clues. Those clues gave us hints into where he was, and we knew how many spots he was moving. So we could try to figure out his area that he was traveling to, which was really cool. They they all they all dialed they all dialed it in. Oh, that's awesome! So so basically, through a descriptive narrative, they wrote up a math you right. know, theorem. And and now any day now when I when I pay, I'm like, um, can anybody tell me what exactly what deductive reasoning is again? And then like a group of hands will go up and say. We have to you, you that's where you use facts to draw conclusions. And I was like, perfect. Well, and from a psychology point of view, the fact that that retrieval process is so easy is because they've attached a narrative to it. They've attached an experience to it. So uh, that's why I just love this idea of cardboard in the classroom. Yeah. And they all took it away. And the, it was great, too, because there was a group of about five kids that came up to me afterwards. They're like, can we buy this game like now? And I'm like, I think that our some of our local game stores have cop, a couple copies still left in play, but and then I also introduced. I said this is a system. There's other games that do this exact same thing as well with different themes. Like there's Fury of Dracula, which yeah. has a, a very similar type of thing. Um, a new one that just came out, Lord of the Rings, has the Hunt for oh, the Ring. Oh yeah. And then, or I said you can if you want to go a more family friendly version. Um, there's the 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 game that's kind of started this genre was Scotland Yard. And that well, and that's a good first step. Like I mean, if they they want to continue pursuing that that engine, as you said, yeah. That's and then students t- students even told me that they can buy Scotland Yard on their phone for like three bucks. Oh, I mean, ah, just, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. So now I have so now I have students that are like, can we like set up the game so that we can play it? Like when, then another thing when the, like we were playing for sale, when we're done our homework, can we go play that game? When we're doing our homework. Can we go play Letters from Whitechapel or like start Letters start Letters from Whitechapel? And I said, yeah, go go for it. That that and to me that's just as amusing as a, as a group of students going, hey, I've finished all the work you asked of me. Can I do some more worksheets? Right. But in this case, like, well, go hit that little filler game that's gonna challenge your, you know, your your deductive right. reasoning or your inductive reasoning. Yeah. And I'm going to give a little, because I'm still working with, because this deductive reasoning, inductive reasoning unit uh, lends itself really well to cardboard in the classroom. I'll give you a little hint and a little foreshadowing into my next thing that I'm doing. Uh, trick cool. Trick-taking games. Yes. Trick-taking games are a great use of deductive reasoning. Oh, I, yeah. Trying, yeah. To, trying to keep track of, uh, of, of things that have been played so that I can make an optimal move. I'll let you know how this is going because okay. I'm still exploring it. You're working out the you work pardon the pun, but you're working out the math. Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be said. Come on. 
Um, so, so bottom so, line. So bottom line, letters from Whitechapel. Um, the version that I used was the fine, uh, Fantasy Flight uh, uh, version. So students immediately engaged in in the content. Again, I have older. I had an older set of students, grade uh, grade twelve, mm-hmm. which could handle the content. Um, I mean, younger grades may not receive that content as well, but yeah. you can do a very similar activity with, uh, with with Scotland Yard. Yeah, and if you're trying to teach that idea of what are the facts that I know and trying to draw conclusions off of those facts, um, this is a great system to try to use to, to to get get that point across. And each term they're applying like like a like a math test book. Here's a whole bunch of questions to reinforce this one concept. Oh, and it, and it would drive them nuts after it. if they would do a turn and they didn't find a clue. Oh, oh, that just drove them nuts. They're like, well, that means he has to be over here now. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, each turn is a question that they would do in a textbook, and they're not doing it in a textbook. They're doing it socially. So exactly. Oh, awesome, awesome. So you're happy. You're probably going to continue using that. I'm going to semester after semester. I'm probably going to do uh, bring this one back out. It, it was really great. Um, I'm looking at trying to get some more copies of probably just like Scotland Yard because it's more inexpensive. Yeah. And try to get a little class set of those. And probably going. easier to pick up uh, secondhand or something like that too. A little bit easier of a yeah. teacher. You can probably do the. You can teach the full game of that. <laughs> and secondhand, as we like to say, is very teacher budget friendly. <laughs> yeah, don't get me to start on budgets. All right. So, uh, final conclusions for me, um, Takedo. Once I discovered that engine or that system, I, to me, it was a perfect fit for that culture unit in sociology. And for you, um, using letters from Whitechapel was a really great idea, and using that Scotland Yard system to teach um, deductive reasoning and thinking of. What are, some, what are the facts that I know, and how can I use those facts to draw a new conclusion? All right, so let's wrap this up. Um, thank you very much for listening. This is Cardboard in the Classroom. I'm your host, Norm. And I'm Ryan. And we'll catch you later. We are Bridge City Board Gamers, and you can find us on YouTube, Follow us on Twitter at BC Board Gamers. Our Facebook page is Saskatoon Tabletop Games Community. And on our BGG Board Game Geek Guild number 3039. Thanks for listening.